Welcome to ChamberCast, the Billings Chamber of Commerce's podcast. I'm your host, Jack Genoy. As all of you who are business owners know, risk management is an incredibly important part of running your business effectively and staying resilient for the long term. And those of you who are involved in the Billings Chamber of Commerce are very, very familiar with Marsh McLennan Agency, a great community partner, both within and without of the chamber. We brought them on today to chat a little bit about some of that risk management and give us an update on what's going on with them. So first of all, can you two gentlemen please introduce yourselves to the audience and talk about your role within MMA? Hi, Jack. I'm My name's Brian Daubert. I'm the personal line sales director for Marsh McClellan. And my my territory is roughly, uh, you know, Montana. Jack, my name's Brett, and I work with Brian. I'm a personal line sales executive. And my territory is pretty much all the 50 United States. We sell policies in the the main footprint for the the continental United States, as well as Hawaii and Alaska. Okay. So both of you are directly involved in working with clients and finding solutions to make sure that, you know, they're covered and finding things that fit their needs. Absolutely. Yeah. Good question, Jack. My role is primarily, I have sales reps that report to me. So I, my job is to recruit, train new sales executives coming on board and then work with agents like Brett to make sure that he has the resources and tools necessary to be successful in his, in his job. Okay. And yeah, you said you cover all 50 states. So does that usually involve, I mean, do you do a lot of travel or does that, yeah, is, uh, is that one of those things that's been a lot easier recently with technology? Yeah. At this stage of the game, uh, I, at the beginning, I started out traveling quite a bit, but once you get a, once I got a foothold going, I was able to just kind of sit back and let my centers of influence kind of work for me. And they've, they've brought me leads from all over the United States. Okay. Well, last time we had Marsh McLennan Agency on this show, we've had you on several times before and talked to a couple of different folks. We talked about Payne West transitioning to Marsh McLennan Agency and some changes that that was going to bring for the better in most cases. So I'd be really interested to know how that's going so far. Yeah, I, I, I'll answer that. Um, I feel it's going very well. As with anything, change, you know, clients have lots of questions around change. And I think, you know, the biggest thing from the client's perspective was formally Payne West, right? Their, their perspective was we were a local agency, um, local, everything was local from our, our reps to our customer service, our interactions with them. And so that was the biggest concern on the client's part was now that we're part of a national carrier, what does that mean for them? Are they going to lose that local touch? And so as we've, as we progress through this, this transition with the name change, our clients are figuring out nothing's changed for them. They still work with agents like Brett. They still have the same local customer service. And we are, even though our names change, we are still very much a local, local company with that local feel. From the agency's perspective, you know, as you said, we've been given lots of additional resources now being part of that national agency, which has benefited most of our, our folks. Just, I guess I would just conclude with, you know, it's just given us a ton of extra resources and availability to markets that we didn't have in the past. So you were able to bring in things from other markets or with a larger scale of an organization that's, that are helping clients within the billings market. Did that also expand your market as well? Are you covering more territory now than you used to be? You know, what's crazy is right now is a weird time for insurance and certain states are not allowing out of state insurance brokers to participate in writing business in that specific state. Hmm. 
what it allowed us to do was reach across those lines, that state lines, and still service our clients that are out of state with colleagues with the same, within the same company. So it made it easier on that sense. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I know there are some things that are kind of particular to Montana. You know, I've, I've heard a couple commercials in the past where, you know, the, it, it'll be for insurance or an insurance like product. And it'll say, you know, not available in Montana or like that in a couple of other states. So, you know, I'm sure you do have to have a pretty good understanding of the particulars of different jurisdictions. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. You know, the state of Montana does a very good job of allowing certain carriers to do business in Montana. They're a state that, that is consumer friendly versus carrier friendly. And what I mean by that is if it doesn't serve the client in Montana very well, the Department of Insurance isn't interested in doing business with them. So that, that is a very, very good question. I know the Marsh McLennan Agency, as an organization, does both, both personal and commercial insurance. So do you personally cover both or is, are you mostly just business contracts? At my level where I'm at right now, I'm a personal lines guy. Uh, we do have a team of experts that do the commercial stuff, the, the, that line of business. So it's an easy handoff to, you know, one of my, one of my good friends you know, on the commercial side or even on the health insurance employee benefits side. When it comes to health insurance, I know a lot of people have a lot of different questions about how that is changing. It feels like the regulations around health insurance are always changing. Uh, Medicaid expansion is going to be up for renewal at the next state legislative section. Uh, I mean, talk a little bit about what what people should be aware of when it comes to their own personal health coverage and their own personal risk management. Brian, you want to take that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, health insurance right now is is legislatively right. We 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 you know we pay very close attention to what's going on legislatively with health, and um, from our perspective, you know, we deal with uh, mainly group health insurance. So mm-hmm. we work with employers with their group plans. We do do individual health through the marketplace. We also you know work with Medicare. I would tell you is, is what I would, um, you know, what, what we advise our clients is, you know, making sure what they're looking at their providers. Does that work? You know, your network providers, depending on what carrier you're going with, deductibles, co-insurance, you know, the coverages you need, you know, are they adequate? Are you leveraging the resources and tools like HSA accounts, flex spending accounts, um, those types of things like that to maximize your benefits of, of your health insurance plan. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So one of the things that has really struck me as I've through the chamber that I've learned more about Marsh McLennan Agency is just the the wide variety of things that you offer. You know, when we think about insurance, we usually think about, you know, health, automotive, uh, homeowners or renters insurance and and, you know, I'm sure, you know, commercial liability and all that kind of thing. But We've talked about uh, making sure that your business is prepared for the potentiality of cybersecurity attacks and that kind of thing. So, you know, talk a little bit about some of those things that uh, businesses and individuals can do to manage their risks that you might not think about. I would I would tell you from my perspective, uh, Brett might have a, a little different answer on this is I think for businesses, the best way to prepare is, is make sure that they have an agent that's knowledgeable mm. with their business. And that they're, you know, conveying, you know, their business needs and then letting their agent walk them through that process of, you know, what types of, of coverages they have, where the risk in their, you know, where the coverage risks in their plan might exist. And then, you know, and, and, and just 
you know, really as a business owner, understanding what those risks out there are and making sure that you're using, you know, good resources and good information as you, as you, as you digest, you know, what's the best plan for your group, yeah. your company. And when I you're, guess. and when you're working with a business, you're thinking not only about, you know, potential damage to the assets that that business has, but also liability and, you know, some of those other risks that like identity theft, for example, that might not even be a, a tangible thing necessarily, but could really mess up your, your day. You know, that's a good point. Right now, what's going on in the environment is everybody's trying to reduce prices and try to step back, scale back and see if that's something that would save a dollar, save a buck. I, I guess one of the things to think about is to have an open mind in, a, in an atmosphere like this and, and think about how your tools, as, as insurance goes, can work for you. At this time, insurance is something that nobody ever wants to use, right? Right. But when things, when bad things happen, are the pieces in place on your insurance policy that protect you from the things that could happen? You know, that Murphy's Law scenario that mm -hmm. if something's going to, if something bad is going to happen, it's going to happen. You know, those are the kind of things that your insurance broker should be looking out for and protecting you from things that you don't realize are going to happen. So if you're going to talk about, you know, unseen uh, circumstances like freezing, pipe, you know, bursts, frozen sewage lines, stuff like that, this is not the time to reduce your coverages. It's the time to maybe review your coverages. Some of these things are $24 a year, you know, mm -hmm. for an add-on coverage for policies. You know, either you, you'd pay $24 a year to purchase a preventative maintenance style option on a homeowner's policy that keeps you from having a $30,000 excavation and, and sewer pipe, pipe rebuild. I, that's an easy trade all day long, but because we're trying to maybe have the a misunderstood mind frame on what we're trying to accomplish with our dollars that we're spending, mm -hmm. we're actually reducing coverages and that might not be the right direction to go. That makes sense. Uh, so what are some of those things that, that you've seen that are th things that people that could be avoided, right? You know, some of the practices that people can put in and in, into place on their properties to uh, try to reduce the likelihood of they, that they might have an insurance claim. You know, that's, that's kind of one of those things that we battle every day. We, we field comments, comments and questions about that every day. The, the guy that installs his own washing machine and dryer and yeah. hooks up the utility things wrong or, you know, puts a new dishwasher in and doesn't appropriately put the drain hose on correctly. You know, those are the things that cause catastrophic losses yeah. sometimes. But, you know, that ignorance part of that could have been, you know, avoided a long time ago if you just had a, maybe a guy or from... Fred's appliance or somebody, mm -hmm. you know, hook it up for you. There's a lot of tools right now that are being offered to offset risk mitigation, right? So there's water shutoff valves, there's, um, you know, sprinkler systems, there's things like that. And so what I, you know, to answer your question directly, I, I think that, you know, looking at the, at the technology out there that can help offset some of your risk exposure, you know, leveraging that, you know, we're going into, you know, we're, we're, Right today, it's it's ten below. We're going into the heart of winter right now, and what does that look like? And and as a homeowner or a business owner, what are you doing to um, maybe offset or or lessen the probability of risk exposure that you might have through you know through these extreme weather yeah. events? For Brett and I, uh, on the personal insurance side, obviously, you know we've seen in this area we've seen a lot of uh, wind and hailstorms, uh, you know, over the last decade. 
And, you know, it matters what type of shingles you're putting on your roof. It matters what types of siding you're putting on your roof, Mm -hmm. Uh, those types of things like that to help offset, you know, um, some of that damage that may occur in there. And all of that, you know, equates to, you know, the insurance carriers are very, you know, savvy on that. They, they actually reward homeowners for taking proactive measurements, um, whether it's on wind hail, whether it's on water or fire, those things like that. They have, they have uh, endorsements in place. They have things in place. They actually give you discounts on your policy if you take those types of measurement, take those types of risk mitigation measures in place. Huh. That is interesting. I never would have thought about uh, finding out if there is a potential that like there, if there was something I could do to potentially lower my insurance rates, you know? Yeah. One of the biggest things too, is to start, this is the time of year to start thinking about stuff since you're inside or maybe you're, you're, you've got an opportunity to clean something or, or organize something. Think about the dryer vent. Yeah. Where does that, where does that collection of lint go? Uh, Your, your filters on your air conditioner, your air handler. You know, make sure those are cleaned out. Attic spaces. Make sure there's, you know, ac- a- adequate ventilation so you don't have the, the ice dams that build up on the roof. Those kind of things. Those are the kind of kind of proactive, you know, offensive uh, stances that you can take to actually combat some of the stuff that we're, we're getting barraged with on a daily basis about, mm-hmm. you know, filing these claims that are just like, gosh, if I, if I did five seconds worth of preventative maintenance, I wouldn't have had this problem. Yeah. Is there, um, is there a checklist that uh, you would share with people that, you know, things that they should think about at different times of the year to potentially avoid some of those claims? I do. I have comprehensive checklists that say, this is what you think about. This is the things to look at. You know, uh, if it's fall, am I shutting my, you know, sprinkler system off correctly? Is it springtime? Are we blowing these out correctly? Did we avoid a leak? How do we detect a leak in the, in the sprinkler system to, so, to where our basement isn't flooded? Those are great handouts, flyers, checklists that I do have. Yeah. We, we work a lot, you know, um, also through our social media sites where we try to be proactive with our clients and saying, hey, you know, we're coming into winter. Here's some safety measurement tips you can take. The partner carriers that we work with are also through their social media, through their, you know, through their websites, they're very proactive in their approach, you know, on helping clients offset, you know, any risk associated with seasonal or weather, you know, patterns that are coming down the, down the pipe. We'll include some of that, those resources in the show notes for people to get a, get a hold of those. I think that's going to be really helpful to a lot of people, especially right now. That's a good idea. Providing the energy to thrive is our continued purpose at Yellowstone Valley Electric Cooperative. Our commitment is to invest, adapt, and implement solutions to benefit you, offering rebates on energy-efficient appliances, renewable energy options, and scholarships for continuing education allows us to remain connected to you while providing reliable and efficient power. Visit YVEC.com for more information on your cooperative membership. Yellowstone Valley Electric Cooperative, the energy to thrive. So we talked a little bit about some of the things that you can implement into just your everyday routine to, to manage some of that risk and make it less likely that you'll have a claim. But I'd like to also talk a little bit about some of the insurance products that people might not be aware of that are out there on the market. What are some of the things that people should potentially think about insuring that they might not otherwise? That's a great question. So when you talk about Christmas time, we just got a bunch of presents, right? We decided at January 1, I'm going to potentially 
you know, look at uh, maybe a treadmill, some of these Peloton things that we buy that, that improve our health, improve our lifestyle. These things are expensive. Some of these bikes, right? E-bikes, they're a vehicle. How do you insure them? Can you insure them? Those are the, those are the kind of products that people, they go to their normal carrier and they say, well, can I insure this? And the answer is no. Well, look outside of that, that carrier or look outside of that window and say, is there another option with a different company maybe? And those are the kind of things to, to, to digest, to dig into and find out that, hey, there are answers for some of these solutions that we have that I'm not aware of, but you know, the limited knowledge that I'm getting from my current portfolio is not filling every need that I have. You know, I would add to what Brett's saying is, is um, a, a lot of folks don't think about things like ensuring your, your present and future income. Hmm. You know, what does that look like? You know, everybody's heard of life insurance, right? Yeah. You know, you're insuring their life. You're making sure your loved ones, you know, if something were to happen to you, your loved ones, you know, have sufficient funds that they can maintain the lifestyle that you, you as a family unit have created. Things like personal umbrella insurance, that's, that's a protection, you know, that's an added protection on top of your liability through your homeowners and auto that you can add in place and it, 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 it protects your, your current and future income. There's, you know, fraud, right? You mentioned cyber security in the, in the beginning. A lot of people don't think about, you know, fraud insurance, what that means to them, how that could potentially damage them. Um, you know, what does my homeowner's policy cover? What does my auto policy cover? You know, those are the things that a lot of people, they, they, they don't think about when they're, when they're approaching their personal insurance program. They think, you know, right, the big ones, it's like, okay, health insurance, life insurance, business insurance, mm -hmm. home insurance, auto insurance, but there's a lot of other things. Some, some of the things that other things that are, you know, that people don't think about is pet insurance, appliance insurance, Yeah. you know, those, those type of ancillary products that, you know, gosh, you spend a, you know, a couple thousand dollars on a specialty breed dog. And, you know, what happens if that dog has a major medical issue? You know, it's, you're not going to put down a dog that you just invested $5,000 in. And now if you have a vet bill of $5,000, what does that look like for you? Things like that is, 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 is what we see is often overlooked by consumers. Yeah. You know, and I would add to that too. Think about the things that you have that are worth money that maybe your current policy has an internal limit on. Some artwork, some coins, uh, maybe some firearms. Stuff like that is something you can add to this, uh, like a schedule on your homeowner's policy that covers those things specifically that otherwise you wouldn't have insurance. One of my clients makes fun of me all the time. He he talks about uh, uh, a cigar collection that he has. <laughs> it's kind of funny because, you know, you smoke a cigar and then you claim it. You know, it was worth 50 bucks, whatever it was. But if it burns up in a fire, you know, how can you prove that it wasn't smoked? And, you know, so he's, that's a funny that joke. Interesting. But at the same time, a cigar collection is something you can insure. A wine collection. Yeah. Some of those things. So those are the kind of things that you can add to your policy that are outside of that idea. Yeah. Anything that has value. My, my favorite example is when the, you know, the NFL player, Troy Palomalu insured his hair because yep. he was in all those head and shoulders commercials. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. Yeah. One that I was specifically wanted to ask about, uh, what about identity theft protection? That's something that I think a lot of people might've heard about that they're not sure one way or the other that if they need it or not. Yeah. You, uh, you know, so some, some homeowners policies include some protection for identity theft. Um, usually it's not a lot. And so, you know, 
if it's a, if it's a concern, again, I guess what I would re, would say is, hey, bring it up with whoever you're working with, whatever agent or agency you're working with, and 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 ask them, you know, what's available out there that might um, number one understand what you what coverage you currently have and what you have in in regards to identity theft if that's a concern of yours, and then secondly. If, if you don't feel that that's adequate to cover, you know, your concerns, then what's available out there that I should be looking at, you know, in addition to what I currently have. All right. So you both sell insurance for a living. I'm going to ask you to talk uh, uh, against interest maybe a little bit. When do you think about, you know, when are there, what are the instances where you, that you think people should strongly consider self-insuring rather than buying insurance? So, you mentioned earlier in the show that insurance originated as a topic of how do we protect the community, not necessarily our individual efforts. And what the origination of insurance was, was a bunch of guys that owned different products like rice, corn, whatever. And they put one tenth or so of their product on 10 different boats so that eventually if all of those boats made it down to the place where they were selling their product, at least if one of those boats turned over, at least all everybody would have something to go home with mm. as far as that was the origination and the idea of insurance. So self-insurance is an idea that is, I can handle, right? Me individually, I can handle the loss if I experience a loss. So self-insurance, that's a great question. If you have money in the bank that can cover the price of your house, can you afford your $600,000 house burning down and being able to self-insure yourself where you spend the money to rebuild it, right? That cost-benefit analysis, if I, if I give you, or you, let's say you're buying insurance for me, you give me $3,000 for your $600,000 house, and I give you back $600,000 for that trade, who wouldn't do that all day long? Mm -hmm. I don't know if self-insurance is a good idea if you think through it, because right. that that, you know, that threshold of how much it's going to cost to get my house put back together, you know, everybody's got a, a price, right? Well, what happens, what happens at that self-insurance thing when you actually get to that point and it's, it's right there? Is that additional salt in the wound that you decided, hey, I was going to self-insure myself. So no, I'm, I'm not an advocate of self-insurance. Obviously, it benefits me if somebody's going to buy insurance, <laughs> but, but as far as an advisement, you know, position... It's hard to say. If you've got the money in the bank to, to pay for whatever the loss is that you're prepared to lose, try it. I, you know, my perspective on self-insuring is it's, it's very individual, right? So um, insurance is, is you pay a premium to transfer risk, right? right? And so a lot of people are comfortable taking on more risk than others. And I, in my experience, it, it had, you know, it, income can play into it and assets, you know, accumulation of assets. But um, I've seen a lot of folks that have, you know, considerable assets and, and wealth that, you know, prefer to not self-insure and transfer that risk to the insurance agency. Because as, Brit, as Brett said, is like, gosh, if it costs me X to, to, you know, have peace of mind, put my head on my pillow at night and have that peace of mind versus, you know, having to write a check out of my own pocket if, if there were a loss. So it, you know, it, it, it's not a, a cut and dry, in my opinion, it's not a cut and dry answer. It's more of an individualistic and what, you know, individual um, comfort 
and what makes you sleep good, good at night. If, if it doesn't, you know, if you can sleep fine saying, Hey, I might have to write a check for, you know, $50,000 because I chose to self-insure and, and you're okay with that, then self-insurance is, is the right answer for you. If, if that keeps you awake at night, then I tell you, then, you know, you're probably better off insuring that. Yeah. 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 Being able to relax a little bit it is worth something. <laughs> and, of, and of course we are talking about, you know, homeowner's insurance, because at some point, some insurances are illegal not to have, right? Mm. It's illegal not to have health insurance. It's illegal not to have auto insurance. So if you're trying to self-insure yourself on a, you know, on an auto claim, you know, you're going to have a lot of mad clients. Yeah. We have a lot of high interest or insurance rates right now in Montana because one of Montana is one of the highest states or that we have the highest rate of uninsured motorists in the nation. Mm. Right. So our insurance rates on our autos are that much higher because it's a reflection of the majority of the claims that are paid are paid by companies that aren't at fault. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did not know that. That's, yeah, that's disappointing to hear actually. Um, do, do we cover everything that you wanted to talk about with, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, risk management, different insurance types, that kind of thing. You know, if, if we were going to dive into something a little deeper, what I would be interested in is making sure that people are protecting what they've got. You know, if you've got pride of ownership, clearing out your gutters for your roof, if you're cleaning out your vent for your dryer, if you're fixing the maintenance on your deck, on your, in your shed, whatever it is, if you're doing that stuff, you're less likely to have a loss. And so the, the peace of mind that you can have by being that person that's on top of the, the ticky tack maintenance mm-hmm. or whatever it is that you own, you're that much more likely to see a need and fill a need before there's a problem. And so one of the biggest things that we combat right now is theft in our area. There's a big push by a lot of smart people in Billings, Montana right now that are trying to help the youth in our community not be as vulnerable to theft as we are. And if we're in our yards, if we're making sure our maintenance on our, our vehicles is up to date, there's less likely for prowlers to come around and see vulnerability. And so if we're, if we're taking the maintenance on our fences, on our sheds, on our doors, on our locks, on our windows, it's only benefiting the people that are owning assets and then the people that are, are around them. Making sure that people don't feel like they can just come in and take whatever they want. That's a, that's a big presence. I, you know, if you talk to uh, the sheriff in town, that's, that's one of the biggest pieces of advice that he's going to give too, is just make sure that you're actively pursuing and making sure the stuff that you have is protected. Absolutely. That is, that is absolutely so true. And it's true in the business context as well, not just around somebody's house. We, we have our crime prevention through environmental design program here at the chamber in partnership with the DBA and the police department, where we, we go out and do site surveys for businesses. And one of the things that we share all the time is the, the concept of territorial reinforcement. And we've, we've proven it's, it's been proven through crime studies that, you know, if you demonstrate that you're taking care of the property, if you've got planters outside your front doors, if the if stuff is freshly painted, if, uh, you know, you're removing graffiti and really doing a really good job of maintenance that has a subconscious effect on, you know, vandals and potential burglars that they feel less likely that they're going to get away with something in that space. So that is definitely a good piece of advice for everybody. Absolutely. Well, one of the other things I, I wanted to get touch on today, I know that you're 
Marsh McLennan Agency is always really engaged in the community. You know, you've been a great partner partner at the Billings Chamber. Uh, Jeremy Veneta is our current board chair. You sponsor all kinds of different stuff, both within the chamber and outside the chamber. And you're, you know, invested in in Billings, the community and making this a better place to live. So I'm going to ask you to brag about yourselves a little bit. What are some of the things that Marsh McLennan Agency is doing right now to reinvest in the community? Well, you know, um, we have a fantastic company volunteer program. So we actually, we pay our colleagues to go out there in the community and volunteer time. So we have what's, you know, called volunteered time off and every colleague gets, you know, 30 hours a year that they can either, you know, we do company, company um, projects that, that we do once or twice a year, but they also have the availability to pick a charity of their choice that they can volunteer at. And they can actually, you know, go and, and work at that, that organization for, you know, up to 30 hours a year and get paid to do that. So we, we think, you know, we obviously we pick, you know, a couple times a year as a company where we want to volunteer, but we also, you know, give the, the latitude to our colleagues that, hey, if you have an individual interest in somewhere, if you want to go donate some time down at the animal shelter, you know, we, we encourage that as well. You know, one of the things that I, I, just to piggyback off of what Brian said, our entire organization does a lot of volunteer efforts. You know, you're going to see these guys, board members, board presidents. Me personally, I'm the incoming district president for the exchange club for, for Billings. Those are the kind of activities that, that prove and show that Payne West or uh, Marsh McLennan is invested in the community and the, and the surrounding companies and organizations. Uh, one of the biggest things that we're talking about right now on the exchange level is mentoring youth. Making sure that kids are actively engaged at a younger age so that they are less likely to be going, you know, to go the wrong route, to, to take the wrong path, be an active member in the community and, and participate on a positive manner instead of, you know, that constant drain of that, gosh, this, here we go again kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, the statistics on, you know, crime prevention and, and theft and the direction that police officers and sheriff's department have to go is, is horrible. And if we can prevent any of that stuff, uh, all these activities, all these volunteer efforts that we do and we support are just another piece to try to help prevent that bigger picture and being drugged through the mud. We do a lot of effort and we, we take a lot of time to make sure that our community is better. There's a lot of people in Billings that do that, and everybody needs to be patted on the back for that. That's a that's a shared effort by a lot of the the community members for sure. Yeah, yeah. How many uh, how many employees roughly do you have in the Billings area? So um, in our office in Billings, we have roughly 120 employees. When you look at sales and and service, yeah, and you think about think about every single one of those people out in the community doing volunteer work. That's some real scale. That's some real impact every year. Well, to wrap things up today, we I just we always have just a couple of kind of rapid fire questions to close us out. Things I haven't prepped you on, but it should be fairly easy to answer. Uh, I'm always interested in when I talk to people who are in a different industry than I am, who are you know doing something a, a little bit different. And insurance is kind of one of those things that a lot of people don't think about going into, but that it, it, people end up having very fulfilling careers doing it. So you were talking to a high school student or somebody like that who is interested in in doing what you do or is asking you for career advice what would that be 
Well, I would tell them that, you know, insurance, right? Insurance isn't sexy. Like you said, nobody goes to school and (laughs) says, I'm going to be an insurance agent. Um, But the reality is if you're looking for a a great career that has a ton of flexibility, has, you know, unlimited earning potential, it's truly one of those occupations out there that is still the harder you work, the more it's reflected in your paycheck. If you like to help others, if you like, if you find fulfillment in helping others, teaching others, and, and you want to work hard, then, you know, it, it is a fantastic career. Yeah, I guess one of the biggest, well, one of the biggest uh, fulfillments for my job that what I do is I, I really appreciate the opportunity to provide service to people. And so it doesn't seem that that's the case if you're, a, if you're an insurance salesman. How are you somebody that, that is providing service? Well, they have a need. People have a need. I have a need. Mm-hmm. And then I provide service to the point where I'm filling that need. And so that's an easy conversation to have when there's a relationship that can be built there on a, on a standpoint of, hey, I had this problem. You helped me fix it. Thank you very much. Uh, there's a lot of fulfillment and joy that comes from being able to provide that service for people at the most inopportune time. Like I said before, insurance is not something people like to use. But when it does happen... Is the insurance that I have appropriate for the problem that I have? Yeah. Well, that kind of segues nicely into the next question I wanted to ask, which is, if you weren't doing what you do now, what do you think that you would be doing for a living? <laughs> if, I, if I wasn't doing what I do now, I'd probably be on a boat down in <laughs> Florida trying to pretend that I'm Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> I'd figure out a way to, to be in sunshine and, you know, hot weather. Yeah. Um, you know, good question. I, uh, off the top of my head, I know Alabama's looking for a new football coach right now. So, you know, that, that might be, that might be something that I'd entertain. You know, I, I guess I would see myself in, in an industry or in a, in a profession that, um, maybe where I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same thing where I'm helping, you know, helping, helping other folks, you know, or, or helping, you know, colleagues, you know, be successful in their careers, things like that. Uh, it, you know, so I, you know, I haven't thought a lot about, you know, specifically what, you know, what I would be doing if it wasn't, if it wasn't insurance, but it would probably be somewhere where, you know, maybe, you know, maybe I'd be in, in education, um, something like that. All right. Last but not least, this is a question that we ask pretty much all of our guests. How long have you been in Billings and what keeps you here? Gosh, I've been, I've been in Billings since 2008. And of course, the thing that keeps me here is we're in Montana, my family, uh, my friends, a lot of the things that I like to do, fish, hunt, spend time in the outdoors. Billings is a great place to, to be here. You know, I was reading on the wall out here before we came in about Yellowstone Kelly. I've lived here since, gosh, 2008. I, I don't know if I've ever even heard the story about Yellowstone Kelly. Uh, the little tidbits in the history of, of Custer's Battlefield, we're in the center of quite a bit of American history Mm -hmm. and uh, being able to participate in that on a level of education and and teaching our kids, you know, pieces of U S American history that I don't know if everybody's getting the same experience. Yeah. This is a neat place. Yeah. So I, I grew up in Billings. I'm a senior high grad uh, MSU Billings graduate. I left for six years with the military and, uh, came back, went to, went to MSUB, graduated and with the intention I'd leave Billings and, you know, 
after I graduated from college, just said, Hey, you know, this is where I want to be. This is a great place to raise a family, you know, and, and, you know, my family's here, my, my brother, my sisters, my, my mom and dad, you know, so it, it just, you know, it's home. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you both so much for your time today. Uh, thank you for giving me a little bit of an education and everything that's going on. And uh, everybody, make sure to check the show notes for some of those things that we talked about today so that you can try to avoid as much as possible having to talk to one of these guys about getting a claim. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jack. Thank you so much to our guests for joining us today. If you would like to suggest a topic or ask a question, please feel free to email us at podcast at billingschamber.com. If you like what you hear, please rate us on your preferred platform or recommend us to a friend. Don't forget to subscribe to Chambercast wherever you get your podcasts because there is something here for everyone.